Hey everyone, thank you for tuning back in to listen to me talk for another podcast episode. I have a really good face for podcasts, don't you think? <laughs> okay, I can't even crack that joke anymore. I've overused it, definitely overused it. But I'm amazed by all the positive feedback I received from my first podcast and I'm so glad so many people took the opportunity to get a card reading done by Emily. She's been loving helping you all and I'm glad that I could help as well. Even just a small tip that I shared about getting up and making your bed first thing in the morning has changed so many people's day. I cannot be more happy about it. I've received messages asking when my next podcast is coming up and what the future podcast episode will be about. And I've just loved all of the support. It means so much. It's already given me so much joy to be able to be so authentic and straightforward on here with everyone. For my second episode, I'm going to be chatting to Ebony May. She is a qualified nutritionist, personal trainer, public speaker, host of her own podcast and founder of Nourish and Brunch. Um, Ebony has created her own business and healthy living regime through years of study and hard work. So we'll be chatting about nutrition, what real health means to her and how you can discover what real health means to you. We'll also touch on the much needed topic of body image and I will delve a little into my past issues with this as well as Ebony's history and how she fell in love with her real health journey. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode, shall we? Well, hello, Ebony, and welcome to the Hype Your Life podcast family. I'm super excited about today's topics, very much looking forward to sharing all your knowledge with our listeners surrounding real health and body image. Now, I did a little introduction at the beginning of the podcast, but I would love our listeners to learn a little bit about our special guest today before we jumped into the nitty-gritty stuff. Um, At the start of your podcast with your guests called Real Health, Real Talk, you ask them a really important question. So I'm going to throw it back on you and ask the same question. Um, What does real health mean to you? And if you could add a little bit about yourself at the end. Yeah, for sure. So thank you so much for having me. I was so excited when you reached out. But yeah, so my name is Ebony May. Now I'm a qualified nutritionist and personal trainer. I live in Geelong, which is just south of, of Melbourne. Um, and yeah, I'm just a real health nerd. So yeah, to answer the question, I do, yeah, I ask all of my guests that question. To me, I think that real health is, it's different for everyone, which is the reason that I started the podcast. So, and I know that you found this interesting as well, but like I created that acronym so like really excited about living um and that's what it is to me real health I think that when I was studying I was like oh my god like I like one person said this and one person said that I don't know what I should do should I be keto should I be vegan I don't know so to me real health is whatever works for you whatever makes you happy whatever makes you really excited about living your own life and whatever lights your soul on fire so how did you come up with um the like really excited about living and what what makes you most excited and motivated to tackle life and its challenges? So I think that I like it's hard to remember because I started the podcast in 2018, which isn't that long ago. But I think that I created like the real health before I worked out the acronym because for me, like I said, I just wanted to know what the real answer was, and then after studying, I realized there really wasn't just one answer. So that was part of it, and then yeah, I just found that whenever I feel really aligned and whenever I feel really good about what's happening I just have this state of this increased excitability like I'm excited about the next thing and I genuinely think that when everything is in place and when you are aligned that's how you should feel you should feel excited about even the little things um and to me that's that's what health is so yeah I just it's sort of I don't know I think I was writing it 
in caps with spaces like R-E-A-L and then I was just like (laughs) it really worked out hey Mm, yeah so it's kind of accidental yeah what makes me excited oh just like lots of things like and even like just the little things I think it comes it ties back to like gratitude I think as well so I get so excited even just about going for my morning walk and listening to a podcast or seeing Jaw or going to the beach or seeing my clients or teaching a class it's I've sort of I think what you need to do is create a life that is full of the things that excite you um and that's different for every single person just like health is different for every single person or their idea and their um their beliefs surrounding health I guess even just like hanging out with my housemate or cooking something like those things really excite me and um make me really happy so kind of the things that people would think is boring like I am a bit of a baby grandma like I just I love a good cup of tea I love being in bed before nine and reading a book so I love that a baby grandma that is such a that's yeah. the best term um so what made you decide that like helping people and inspiring people with like your knowledge and your great energy that you have just something that you needed to do I sort of fell in love with the health and nutrition industry and I've said this in another podcast that I think it's what I went into professionally is what I also needed at the time personally so I started studying nutrition and I started learning more about it. And even before I started studying, it's just what I really needed. I needed to know about it. And then once I started to heal my own relationships with food and exercise, I just, I couldn't keep that to myself. Even if I went down a different career path, I think I would still be talking to my friends and people who I knew about how to live their best life, essentially how to be the best version of themselves. And it's just because to my core, it's what I'm passionate about. I really honestly believe that it was my purpose. And I think like, it's a little bit woo-woo, but like, I honestly do believe that even if I wasn't in this industry, I think I would still be helping people feel good about their bodies. So yeah, I don't think it was a choice. It was more of like a feeling. Yeah. And it's amazing when you can turn a hobby literally into something that you can do every day and make a living out of like you're really lucky that you've been able to gain the knowledge and experience to be able to do that so that's really cool are you ready to get into the nitty-gritty stuff yeah let's do it so personally um I've always struggled with body image I've just always been conscious of the way I look and the way that I feel I've been on so many fad diets in the past few years literally scared of food such as potatoes and bread like I almost didn't even let my housemates have bread in the house like I was just like I don't want it around because I don't want to eat it the point of if I ate them I would like it would consume the rest of my day I like to ease ease my conscience and bust like some myths about carbs and stuff (laughs) I think like yeah I've definitely been in that situation too and I feel like we'll, we'll probably go into that a little bit more like my personal experience but definitely was a point in time where there was so much anxiety and stress around food and making sure that I exercise. So I definitely know how you feel in regards to that. I think in terms of carbs, it hurts my heart. Like when people put so much stress on themselves surrounding foods and I used to do it as well. I think that's, that's always the way, like once you go through something and then you see someone going through something similar, you're like, oh, I, like I feel for you so much. But firstly, anything in excess isn't great that's that's important to consider so I'm not going to come on here and be like that's so dumb carbs are great to have all the time you can eat them all day every day like we all know moderation carbohydrates are also extremely important important for our bodies so they are our preferred fuel source 
it's what our brain uses and it's actually a study was done I think it was in Australia to prove that people who have a higher carbohydrate diet have higher moods because when we um, consume carbohydrate we uh, release insulin which increases our uptake of tryptophan which makes our serotonin which is our happiness hormone so it actually increases our happiness like it's really important it's also important for hydration so carbohydrate like it literally um, has water molecules within the carbohydrate molecule. It helps us yeah, make in the out. <laughs> yeah, exactly carbohydrate keeps our hydration levels up. And the other thing is that we can't put all carbohydrates into the same group. So we have our, all different types of carbohydrates, and we need to think of the the minerals and the micronutrients associated with that. So I've def- I've heard of people, and I've been in a place where like I won't eat potato or people won't eat potato or even sweet potato. It's just sad because when you look at like some carbohydrates, yeah, some refined processed carbohydrates, are they the best for your health? No, that's completely different from like an unprocessed sweet potato or potato or pumpkin. That's also high in carbohydrates, but it's incredibly nourishing for our bodies. At the end of the day, like we need to just be sticking to foods that we enjoy, foods that are nourishing our bodies, but also foods that are nourishing our soul. And if you want to have something with refined carbohydrates in it, like just try to disassociate the guilt from that because at the end of the day, the guilt and the stress is probably going to do more harm than the actual freaking carbohydrate. Exactly. And yeah, stress and then you stress eat other things to make up for. You're stressing about yeah. the carbs and oh, it's just this whole circle. I'm someone whose weight fluctuates a lot. I still haven't really found my ideal health journey and what fits well with my body and a good routine. Do you have any tips for people who are still kind of playing the game of trial and error with weight management and healthy living? Yeah, I think in some ways that you never stop with that because you can like all the time, like there's different seasons in our lives. There's things that we like, there's things that we don't like in terms of even exercise, because we know that when ideally, and I hate this saying calorie in versus calorie out, it's so much more complex than that. And we need to be focusing on nutrient density and a lot of things, but in simple terms, weight loss and weight gain is pretty much, I hate saying this, calorie in versus calorie out. So as long as we are moving our bodies and we're, um, nourishing our bodies then that's what it comes down to but how we do that is so different like I literally change the way that I eat and the way that I train all the time because one big part of it is making sure that you're enjoying the journey and if you're eating foods that you hate and you're doing exercise that you hate you'll probably still find that you are not losing weight because you're putting your body in a stressful situation physically and mentally and when your body is in a state of um, increased stress you hold on to fat and that's just a biological, physiological thing that's happened, that's, that we've evolved with um, and that's for our survival. So I think if you are in a place where you just can't get it down, like you can't, you feel like you cannot create a lifestyle that is healthy, just focus on one thing at a time and focus on sustainability. Um, so if, you, if you're starting this diet or you're starting this workout regime that you don't think that you could do forever, that you don't think that you will last doing, then it's probably not a good thing to start because if you're not lasting, it means that you're stopping it. And every time you stop a diet or you stop something like that, there comes a lot of guilt and there comes a lot of binge on the other side of it. So for me, find things that you enjoy and work on your mindset. Your mindset is just as important or even more so than the physical things that you're doing in terms of exercise and nutrition. So try and get your mindset to a point of, wanting to do this and wanting to create a healthy lifestyle, not for aesthetics and not because other people are doing it, but because you value yourself and you love yourself and you want to nourish yourself. 
Yeah, that's great. That's a really good answer because I always found that even when I was on a fad diet, like I was or not even a fad diet, but like a healthy living kind of diet. Um, I had another friend of mine do up a nutrition plan for me for a bit mm-hmm. and I was sticking to that and I was going really great. But because I had gone dramatically from my everyday diet to a strict four small meals a day kind of thing, I was finding that I was binging so much more because I'd do fine for like four days and then it'd come around and I'd be like, oh, maybe I'll just, you know, have a few shapes. And then next thing I know, the whole box is gone. And then yeah. there goes my like self-esteem and like my control out the window. That was something that I always struggled with like, binging. But I feel like I've gotten on top of that a lot more now because I'm letting myself, you know, have the few bits of chocolate every now and then. And like sometimes me and my housemates will have a bowl of ice cream, you know, like I'm not going, if I eat this, then I can't eat for three days. You yeah. Know? yeah, exactly. And I think that I always say that wherever there's restriction, there's a binge around the corner. And I, I really believe that. I think that whenever you're going into something with a restrictive mindset, just know that it's going to ricochet back probably tenfold in terms of wanting to binge and wanting to just undo everything that you've done. And then with that comes a lot of the time, unfortunately, uh, can I swear? Yeah, yeah, you can swear. Shit ton of guilt. So, so yeah. Yeah, I definitely find that. And especially in isolation, I feel like we're all a bit bored, have plenty of spare time on our hands. Uh I've personally used this time to catch up on a bit of study, chuck in some exercise there. I see a lot of people baking. I started baking at the start. I've kind of given that away now. But although, yeah, I I was eating too much of what I was cooking and not sharing enough of it. But um, I think I'm asking this on behalf of all my friends that I've talked to. How do we know when we're eating because of boredom or if we're truly hungry? Yeah, so, and this is, I love this question. I did a whole podcast about stress eating and, and listening yeah, to that. Yeah, this is that one. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really passionate about this because I think it's easy to not know if you're hungry or not because you're simply not asking yourself. And I don't mean you have to be like, Natasha, are you hungry? Like, no, like you have to, <laughs> like, yeah. don't have to make it weird, but literally <laughs> when you, because it's all habitual, like seeing something and eating it, it's, it's turned habitual to us. Like in the um, caveman days, they didn't have food, like all scattered around. You had to go and chase your food to feed your family. By the t- that time, they were hungry. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, cool, I'm going to have, and other pizza like you know so we now have all of this accessibility to food and we don't pay any attention to our hunger and society cues and this is why we have an obesity epidemic because the sad thing is that when you get to that point where you are um, morbidly obese what can happen is you actually become resistant to the resistant to the hormones in your body that tell you that you're full it's called leptin um and so it's really important to try and get back in touch with those before something like that happens. That sounded really fear-based. I don't mean to be fear-based, but just it's really easy to ignore our body's feelings and it's really important to acknowledge them. So it can be as simple as like before you eat, just trying to actually acknowledge that you are. Like how many times have you just like gone downstairs, gotten food and then gone back upstairs like and not even thought about it? It's kind of like when you're driving somewhere. Yeah. And you get there and you're like, oh, I don't even remember driving here. You're Mm -hmm. on autopilot. 
And to live a healthy and mindful life, it's trying to get off autopilot as much as possible. So if you don't know if you're eating, if you're bored or because you're hungry, you just need to ask yourself and you need to ask yourself, okay, I want food right now. Why is that? Is it because I'm hungry? And then if it is because you're hungry, then go for it. Is it because I'm bored? Maybe it is. And if it is because you're bored, ask yourself, am I happy with eating because I'm bored? And if you do want to eat, then that's fine. But it's about being aware about it because I think if you actually um, try and get your body to really tune into its own mechanisms, its own um, satiety cues, then it won't be such an issue. And it's try- I've tried to really like hone in on this and it's hard because we get told breakfast is the most important meal of the day eat three big meals or like six small meals a day and it's like well everybody's different with their hunger and satiety and the moment I do fasting and it's not because of weight loss or anything like that it's just because I feel best when I eat when my body wants food I literally do not care what anybody says that is a really stubborn thing for someone who's studied to say but like (laughs) I do care but I know that for me, the best thing for my body is eating when I feel hungry. And you'll notice if you do that, the days that you train, you want to eat more. The days that you're a little bit more sedentary, you probably don't want to eat more. The other thing is that as women, we don't run on a 24-hour clock like men, hormonally speaking. We run on a 30, 28, 35-day cycle. So depending on where we are on our cycle, we're going to be hungrier at some times or have a smaller appetite at other times. So it really just depends. So I think one, ask yourself the question, but two, separating from that need to have set meals and to have set times of eating. If you can, that's easier said than done. If you've got a lunch yeah. break, then you're not going to be like, oh, am I hungry? Am I not? Like you've just got to eat in your yeah, lunch break. Yeah. But to the best of your ability, try to appreciate and respect the feelings within your body as to whether you're hungry or not. Oh, sorry. That was a yeah. really long answer. <laughs> no, that was so good. And I definitely, I find it so interesting that you say like that men run on the 24 hour cycle and women run on a different cycle because personally, I don't actually get my period anymore because I've got an IUD insertion. So mm-hmm. I don't really know where I am on the cycle, but I definitely find with like my housemates and my friends that they do want to eat more when like they're getting their period I just find it so interesting because I never really associated the period menstruation cycle with hunger and like with your eating cycle and you know I never really associated the two and I just think that's really interesting that you pointed that out because it really does make so much sense yeah yeah when you think about it it makes sense like we're literally expending so much extra energy so we're going to need to consume that extra energy Yeah. And because you are releasing, obviously, I don't, this might sound a bit gross, but like you are releasing so much more blood. So like you need that in source of like iron and it's really interesting. And I think a lot of people can relate when I say that motivation is a key factor in why we can or cannot kick our unhealthy habits to the curb in order to make room for our real health journey. Intrinsic motivation is the desire to attain like internal satisfaction which is the type of motivation we we need to understand that when we take these actions, then our body will reward us by making us feel more energetic, less lethargic, less tired, etc. But um, being able to stay motivated differs obviously from person to person. I won't go into all the boring details, but in a nutshell, we really are our own source of motivation and we can create ways that work well for us. What are the ways that you have learned to stay motivated and what are your favourite motivation tools? So when it comes to motivation, there's definitely things that I like to do and ways that I motivate myself, but I think it's important to address the fact that we can't always rely on motivation and mm-hmm. that 
when the motivation gives out, that's when like 90% of people will stop. And the 10% of people who keep going are the people who have been able to develop discipline. And whenever you want to achieve something great, you have to be able to have discipline because when the other people aren't going to put in the hours, when the other people aren't going to put in the effort because they've lost their motivation, that's when it comes in that you need that discipline. If you get up in the morning and you can't be bothered going for a walk or you can't be bothered doing your meditation or journaling or doing the things for your physical, mental, spiritual health, then you need something to kick in because it doesn't matter how motivated did you feel on a Monday? It's the work that you put in on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday that becomes the majority, that becomes the, that's the consistent. Yeah, and then it becomes habitual like you were talking about before really, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. So in terms of how I create motivation, if, if you if you want to do something, you want to be motivated and look at somebody else who's doing it and not in a comparison way, like not in a shitty, like I want to do that. Why can't I do that? Social media is so amazing. And we have like, I'm just, I really hate when people say that it's such a negative thing. I guess I get that there are negative elements to it and it's a multifaceted topic. It can be so powerful because we can use it to inspire ourselves and then motivate ourselves. So inspiration is huge for me. Music motivates me so much. If I put on that song Bitch Boss or Boss Bitch by Doja Cat. Yeah, I know the song you're talking about. Yeah. Like that motivates me so much. And just being really in tune with like my goals and what I what I want. I think if you don't if you're not clear on what you want and you're not clear on your goals then how can you possibly be motivated so I think like yep. if you don't have a strong why then you're not going to be motivated yeah and I think goals are really important I used to hear about goals in high school and I never really set goals for myself because I was always worried about I was actually talking to my housemate about this the other day I don't really like making like I never really liked making goals because I was scared that if I didn't achieve them I would be really upset with myself but recently I've written down like just some small realistic goals and as I've started like achieving them I realize how effective it actually is because you feel better about yourself when you achieve something that you've wanted to achieve yeah exactly and like it sounds so basic but yeah I I was never a goals kind of person but recently I've realized that even just setting those small goals really makes a massive difference oh 100 and I think a lot of people would be in that situation that you were in like my sister she used to say that all the time like oh I don't want to get my hopes up or I don't want to set my expectations too high but the worst that can happen is that you don't meet the expectation and if you don't set the goal you're not going to reach it anyway if that makes sense so to me, it's about setting those goals and aligned goals. And if they are really aligned, then working towards them is going to be easier when you have something to, to look at and something to go by. Yeah, 100%. Now, this this is a bit deep, this bit here, but like I thought I better get into it a little bit. Um, we all hear about like the scales. So the scales don't reflect true health or real health as you talk about in 2017 I was really sick like at the start of the year I had stomach and liver issues I lost a job I quit uni all because of a huge depressive episode so I was in a really dark place in a matter of three weeks I lost almost 10 kilos I was actually 16 kilos lighter than what I am now I was eating like one meal a day, which was normally pizza. (laughs) And people were telling me that I looked great, that I had lost weight. I looked amazing. I was thin, but I was, I was sick. So I look back at photos thinking like, I was so thin, but like, it makes me feel sick inside because like I knew how unwell I was. So like weight really, it does not reflect your health at all. I'm 16 kilos heavy three months later. And although on the outside, like according to my BMI, I am overweight. On the inside, I feel 
like so much healthier physically, mentally. And like every day I still wake up and I still have that thought of like, I really need to lose weight. Um, it's just something that I still struggle with a little bit. But at the end of the day, I'm grateful for the body that I am in because of how strong it has been, even when um, I abused it, basically. The weight I am now may also be someone else's goal weight. At the time when I was smaller, I wanted to gain weight because I was just, I knew how sick I was and I wasn't gaining weight for so long because, you know, I was so sick. <laughs> I'm definitely on a better path now towards like a healthier me I got a bit deep there but I just want to be real with my listeners and like you know be relatable and people that do know me know that I was sick so I don't want to sit here and preach about like treat your body well because you know there obviously was a time where I didn't uh-huh. but is there a time where you struggled with like your body image and how did you overcome your situation yeah a hundred percent and like I feel it's so great how vulnerable you're being and I feel like your listeners are just so lucky to have someone like you and sharing that sort of stuff sharing that sort of stuff is so important. I can definitely relate. I was never like really unwell, so like I can't mm-hmm. to relate to that, but for a long time I was really unhappy with the way that I looked and I let it consume me. I think that and I'd be lying to say today that every day I feel like I'm like hot as fuck like I I feel like it's not like you don't go from having those issues I wish I could think like that like we all used to say people were so arrogant but like everyone just wishes they could wake up and be like damn I look good honestly like and I one big thing that I've had to work on is you know that tall poppy syndrome that that need to sort of be likable instead of confident and turn like make sure Mm -hmm. I'm not being arrogant but like honestly I am so happy within myself and I'm so happy like with my body and like at the moment I like just to be completely transparent like I do want Mm -hmm. to like get a bit more back in shape like I feel like I've when I first moved to Geelong I wasn't completely happy here so I wasn't like you don't want to exercise because you're not happy but then you're not happy because you're not exercising and then you're not eating well yeah so I kind of sort of fell into that so I really want to get myself back to like a good a good place like physically mentally and I feel like mentally I'm there but like physically I it's also about like I enjoy the challenge of like being fitter but that's what it's about now it's more about like functionality it's my being my my fittest self so yeah I'd be lying that there's that there aren't days now or moments where I'm not happy in my body but as a whole it's improved because the main thing for me was that I didn't truly respect myself and I think we talk about self-love all the time we don't talk about self-respect enough not in the way that like wearing conservative clothing or whatever like bullshit other people say is like self-respect but in terms of for me respecting your body is treating your body like a friend I say that all the time like all our bodies want is to be treated and respected like a friend so how would you treat your Mm -hmm. friend like would you want your friend eating a really restrictive diet no would you want your friend eating like copious amounts of really unhealthy foods. No, would you want your friend exercising excessively and hating themselves and killing themselves in the gym? No, but would you want your friend being living a really sedentary life? No. So we need to take that care and that compassion that we have for other people and give it to ourselves. And when I started doing that with myself, it really helped me in that respect. Definitely like when I was a bit younger, I so badly wanted to lose weight and I didn't care how, but now my focus is so much more on overall health and like I want to have babies one day like jaw hates when I say that yeah like that's that's important to me and that that doesn't come from 
having abs, like that comes from making sure you're eating nutrient dense foods and, and taking care of your body and making your body a safe place. So it's really a, a mindset shift that, that has helped me. You said, Tash, like with actually feeling happy in yourself, that is such mm-hmm. a more valuable currency than a number on the scales. And like you summed it up so well, like when you got to that weight that was so low, you, were you happy? No. And that's the thing, like people were telling me like I was great, you look amazing, but deep down inside, like I was crying 20 hours a day, like, you know, like I was at the lowest of possible lows and I was losing weight because I was starving myself. Mm. It actually makes me feel quite sick to think about it, but I was not happy at all. And that's what I think was so interesting that people were still looking at me and going like, oh, yeah, like you look really good and all this. So to me, I was like, but I don't, I don't even feel good. And that's the thing, like you say that you still feel like, you know, you would like to be stronger, but people would definitely look at you and be like, oh my God, you look so healthy. You look so, Mm. you know, you look so slim know all those they're actually not compliments like you look so skinny shouldn't even be like a compliment you'd rather hear you look so healthy or you look happier yeah or I think they're more um important things to point out about people 100% and I've tried to be really conscious of the compliments that I give to people nowadays someone really close to me someone in my family was has struggled with an eating disorder Mm -hmm. for many many years and she was partaking in really, uh, really uh, detrimental behaviours behind doors and then outside doors. Everyone was saying, you look amazing, you look great. And even I was saying that because I think yeah. we're so taught to praise like this societal ideal of what a beautiful body is. And yeah. if that beautiful body is actually a really sick and unhappy body, then why the hell are we praising it? And why the hell are we exactly. are we aiming for that? And I think it's just we all need to always, always come back to thinking we never know what people are doing behind closed doors. We never know what kind of life people are living and we never know how they're treating their body. So I try and I, I say to people, wow, your skin is glowing or like, wow, you you, such yeah. a, like, you have such a beautiful energy or like, wow like you know just <laughs> wow um but like my older um relative says to me they'll be like oh you look so skinny or like oh skinny mini yeah if I fit like society's idea of the ideal body weight or like size like I'm a size eight to ten and like even that isn't you know like that's not what sample sizes are like I think they're like a size yeah and clothing sizes are so whack like <sighs> Sometimes I can be a size 10 in shirts, but then I'll have to buy a size 16 in jeans. I don't, like, definition by size is just ridiculous, really. Oh, 100%. And I remember when I did my Nourish and Brunch event, yep. I went for, I was oh, I was picking a dress and it was just, like, the certain cut of the dress. Like, I'm usually a size 10 or 8. The, the cut of this dress, I was a size 6 for a moment being like oh I'm a size six and then I was like shut up what is that like literally who cares am I gonna go around yeah. saying on the day like if someone says you look nice be like oh yes can you tell it's size six like who like cares? no one is going to come up to you and be like what size dress are you wearing people do not remember the way that you look or the things that you say they they remember the way that you make them feel so like instead of putting so yeah. much energy into wanting people to make think like far out she's so hot try and put energy into wanting people like to make people feel good and at your funeral nobody's Mm -hmm. going to say like ebony was really hot like 
no one, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like that is not yeah. important. And I know, I know that we fixate on our appearance because that comes from like years and years and years, like well, hundreds of years of conditioning women to look beautiful yeah. and to be beautiful. But what else do you want to be? And how can you be beautiful in ways that aren't just aesthetical? Like how can you be yeah. a beautiful person? Are you kind? Like are you funny? Like that is the, that is what has really helped me. It's a mentality shift or like a paradigm shift, I guess. So I could talk about that all day, so I'll stop now. <laughs> that's, uh, no, that's fine. And I'm like, I would way rather get, like, if someone came up to me and said, oh, you look like you're really pretty, I'd be like, thank you. And I'd think about it for like five minutes. But if someone came up to me and said, your smile fills up the room, I would hold on that to that for years to come. Like that would just make my whole week. Yeah. You know? if someone said, Oh, your podcast is amazing. Like it's really helped me. Like this episode really spoke to me. Like that would do Yeah. Mean? Like it's I that would be so touching. Like I had a friend that messaged me and she was like, Your podcast even last time was exactly what she wanted to hear. She went and got a card reading done. She felt so relieved. She just said this weight was off my shoulders to feel like people are going through the same things that I'm going through and they have like redirected their life and recreated their own, like manifested their own life basically. Mm-hmm. Hyped their own life, some may say. <laughs> I love that. but I'm not I'm not going to preach about self-love because everyone like knows I'm the worst person to even get photos taken like I'm always like oh I don't want photos but um which I hate because I will look back and regret like not valuing that time and that moment so much time was and I guess still is consumed over the way I look unfortunately this used to happen without me being able to realize the amazing friends and events happening in front of me But on a lighter note, like how have your support networks helped you flourish into the person you are today? I am just so lucky. I feel like I have the greatest support. I've never been the type of person to have like lots and lots of friends, but the friends who I do have are all just amazing. Like I don't have to see them all the time. They're not those types of friends who like you Mm -hmm. don't see them for a few months and then they're like, we're we're, we're not friends then. Like they just, oh, like so supportive. Like when I was doing that, like I said, that event at the start of the year, my best friend Tessa and my boyfriend Jordan were like there just like the whole time like doing whatever I needed they're like how can I help you do this or blah 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 like those like what those people think of you like that's when that's when you should you know think about what people think of you like I'm the biggest advocate to say who cares what people think of you but like when you have those people around you and they tell you like you're doing well or they tell you that they're proud of you which they do like my parents and stuff like that motivates me in a way that like I can't explain I think you always want to like you always want them to be proud of you because like it doesn't matter what you say in a public forum or like you know like on social media or yeah I know like none of that matters I think what matters is those people who know you at your core know you like for all your authenticity like if they think that if they're proud of you and they're happy to support you then that like that just means everything to me I think that they just support me by just being there and like all yeah, of them 100%. loving what that what I'm doing and I love what they're doing so yeah I don't know if did that answer the question I went off a tangent yeah it did yeah and I think support like I talked about it in my last podcast like how important support networks are I'll just get too emotional if I start talking about like my parents I yeah I agree like it's quality over quantity and I know that is the most basic like quote that is one thing that I stand by all the time and I'm quite lucky I do have a lot of friends that I consider to be close to me. I do know that 
always those couple of friends that, you know, if they support you, that's all that you really care about at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. This is a bit, this might be a bit technical, but like I'm talking about stress a bit. So stress plays a major part in the way our body works. So like stress releases cortisol, which prolonged period of time, high readings can actually affect the way that your brain works, like shocker. But this can lead to fewer brain synapses firing. I mean, it can actually be harder for you to learn, make decisions and remember things, which everyone will laugh at because that makes so much sense. Like I'm a massive stress head so much to the point that I actually gave myself some stomach ulcers at one point because like caused by stress. And now like I just make dumb decisions, but it's really quite important if you ask me. But exercise and meditation are genuine ways, proven, scientifically proven ways of being able to reverse the effects of cortisol to decrease stress and increase the size of your brain associated with memory loss, learning, decision-making, etc. Um, how do you manage your stress levels? And what do you do in regards to like exercise, meditation, journaling that like help you every day? At the, I just got back into my meditation practice and then I'm yeah. trying to get back into it again after getting back into it because I had a, like I just came back to Geelong. So it was like, yeah, crappy excuses, but I've had a few solid days meditating. So I'm back on. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to be in like the right like headspace to be able to do it properly. Yeah, anyway. and I was just silly. Like I had a lot going on, like with Nourish and Brunch Virtual, and like a lot of podcast interviews and stuff. And yeah. I thought I don't have time, but then that's silly because it, it it helps me so much with my stress management. So um, definitely meditating. I try and journal every day as well. I've been a bit slack with that lately, but I do scripting. So it's all about like writing things that you want to happen in the present tense, like they've already happened, and it's just really fun. For me. Okay. Um, and yeah, I love going for a big walk, uh, listening to a podcast, those things, but also making sure that I'm like clear on what I'm doing. Like, I feel like you can run around with no guidance or no direction and that's just going to increase your stress or you can sit down, you can write out the things that you need to do and just get it done. Um, and the other morning, Joel was saying how, God, I speak about him a lot, um, but <laughs> he, was, I was, he could see how stressed I was and he was like, okay, what are we going to do first? What are we going to do today? What can we do to make that better? And it's sometimes having somebody there to actually point it out. And like, I would say, I'm just really overwhelmed. And he's like, okay, what about? And I would be like, but I'm just stressed. And he's like, okay, well, what are you stressed about? <laughs> and when you actually verbalize what you're stressing about, it never seems like as bad. And he was like, you've just said yeah. six times that you're stressed, but you can't tell me one reason that you're actually stressed. You start to just make it worse and it snowballs. So I think. Yeah. Sometimes you need that person to really ground you as yeah, well. Yeah, 100%. So I think, and yeah, that is something that really helps me with my stress is talking about it with someone and also going somewhere where I feel like you said grounded. So maybe the beach or being around family, that really helps reduce my stress. With meditation, like I've never really been someone that is able to do meditation and like my housemates do it quite often and I just like I've tried a few times and I just I can't seem to clear my mind but there was this one time that we did meditation and I actually like I when we finished and I opened my eyes I was I was like crying I was like that was so overwhelming like in a good way yeah. though like it really made me like oh my God, I want to do that again. And But unfortunately, like I just haven't been able to tap into that, you know, like clear the mind completely kind of thing mm. again. Journaling works for me as well. I go in and out of phases of journaling really. Like, yeah, my housemate does every day, she'll write three things that 
she was grateful for that day and I think that that's a really nice concept and I'm probably going to have to start doing that actually. Yeah, I like that. That's nice. Yeah. It's, um, now I'm going to play a quick little game mm-hmm. with you. It's going to be really quick. I've just sprung this on Ebony so she has no idea, <laughs> like the really hard questions I'm about to ask. There's only four, so like okay. you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Tomato sauce, fridge or cupboard? Oh, cupboard. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> Who wants to put cold tomato sauce on things? Oh. I do. It's so good. You put cold tomato sauce on a warm, like, party pie or something, and it's just heaven. Oh. <laughs> um, Chocolate fridge or cupboard? Cupboard. Oh, see, I'm fridge. Anyway. Oh, I, no, I actually feel really strongly about this because when it tastes different, if you get chocolate – and like, it does, and it's better in the fridge. I hate it in the fridge. I I love chocolate, <laughs> but if you put it in the fridge, you're just ruining it. Oh my god, no! <laughs> okay, water, room temperature or refrigerated? I do like cold water. Oh my god, we are the opposite on everything. Oh I cannot god. drink water from the fridge. It has to be room temp. And like, if it's not, if there's no room temperature water, like I get the tap and I just put it like a little bit warm. You know, oh, just easier to drink. My gosh, wow. Okay, and in bed, this is the last one. In bed, socks on or off? Like when you're sleeping. Don't think naughty. <laughs> like I hate feet on feet. It makes it's me feel disgusting. Safe. Like it makes me feel like I'm not completely vulnerable and naked. Like, But I do say, okay, so I get really, really hot when I sleep. So a lot of the time if it is cold, yeah. I'll wear socks to bed, but they'll be on the ground by morning. That's the best feeling though. That is why I wear socks to mm. bed because you wear them to bed so that halfway through the night when you're really hot, you can take them off and you're just like, ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just that moment. <laughs> so thanks for sharing everything with us today. That was a pretty full-on episode, but it was filled with a few different things about your body, why it works, the way it works, how to keep it working in your favour. That was really good. I really enjoyed that chat, actually. That was great. Um, if you would like to learn more, guys, I definitely recommend heading over to Ebony's socials. Um, I'll link them below and have a listen to her podcast as well. She has She's been doing a podcast since 2018, so she's – a lot better than me at the moment. <laughs> Just wait, Eb, I'll catch up. No. <laughs> but was there anything else you'd like our listeners to know before we wrap up the episode? I think just like reiterating the point that like when it comes back to everything that we've talked about today, whether it's stress or whether it's eating, whether it's exercise, I think that you need to just keep in mind that all your body, and I say I'm literally a broken record, I'm so annoying, but all our body wants no, is it. to be friends with us. So if in doubt, yeah. w- if, you, if you're in doubt about what you should do in terms of physical, mental health, whatever, what would you suggest your friend do? And if if you have that compassion for your friend, then you need to give it to yourself. I love that so much. I've never even really thought about it that way. But so many of my friends, like I'll give like, don't mean to be my own drum, but I give the best advice mm-hmm. ever. But I am so shit at taking my own advice. Like the amount of times that my friends have said, you should take your own advice. Yeah, no, I feel a bit like that too. I love giving advice. Like I just had a little series on my potty called Ask Ed. And it's just like, it's for fun. Like I always have to put the disclaimer that like I'm not a professional or whatever. But I just, I love giving (laughs) advice. But yeah, I always get that thrown back at me too. Like 
follow your own advice. So it is so true. You only want the best for your friends, but you should only want the best for yourself as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me. That was really Thank good. Thank you so much for reaching out and having me on. I actually enjoyed that so much. That was so much fun. Yeah, that was really nice. We'll have to actually catch up when you're back down here. Yeah, 100%. So thanks to everyone for tuning in to another Hype Your Life podcast episode. I really enjoyed this chat with Ebony May and I really encourage you to get onto her individual podcast and also follow her on Instagram. She posts some really great content and I'm really looking forward to following her in her journey as well. I'm also really excited to share some future episodes with you guys and delve a little bit more into my past and how I got to this better me that I am today and and to really delve into my why and my motivation for becoming a better version of myself and hopefully in the process helping you to create a better version of yourself as well. So thanks again for joining. Um, I'm super excited. I've already had almost 300 downloads on my first episode in a fortnight which is way more than I could have imagined and I only have you guys to thank for that really look forward to hearing feedback on this episode as well bye for now not forever but no I think it's such an awesome idea like I absolutely love it and I reckon it's gonna go so well